Well, good day to you. Today is March 29, 2020. This is Pastor Todd. Uh, a devotional uh, for our own hearts, our worship today, the Lord's Day. We thank God for setting apart this day, the day Jesus uh, Sunday rose from the dead, and we honor our God and respond in worship. Well, I want to reflect uh, on Psalm 23, just a couple of verses, and ask this question. Where does our heart go as we think about how anxious we all are probably feeling? And this virus is uh, still making the news and devastating um, so many lives and so much pain going on right now. Where does our heart go? Our heart is always so active. It's the place we choose, um, we value, evaluate, treasure. Paul Tripp says that uh, the heart is the steering wheel of, the, of a person. Right now there's a great deal of focus on our care of ourselves, protecting ourselves, um, and rightly so, and reasonable. Um, we're talking about these masks that hopefully help, uh, self-distancing and self-care is on our minds. Sometimes when we have too much focus on that, that can be a source of anxiety. We have so much to manage, after all, so many concerns. Um, and parents, you too, are thinking about your children. Marianne and I think about our daughters. We have a grandson, and of course we're thinking about them. But the weight of self-care can really preoccupy us. David writes in Psalm 34, verse 10, he says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. Um, it's quite an observation. The powerful lions, um, they too, though as powerful and as agile hunters as they are, they still can't sustain their own lives and care for themselves, and they suffer. And uh, as we think about our our anxious hearts, where can we th think? Where, where will care come from for us? Um, David writes, "But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing." That leads us to Psalm twenty-three, verse one. Uh, the NIV reads this: "The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing." And I uh, explored again that word want in verse 1, the old King James, I shall, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I love, uh, ex I love exploring that word want. The, um, the Hebrew lexicon, that's just a, a dictionary that gives you know, the meanings of all these verbs and nouns and it talks about how there's no decrease in what I need. There's no failure of the reserves that I need. So when David uses that word want, um, there's no, no failure of, of God's supply. I'm devoid of nothing. It's really quite stunning to reflect upon. And um, a little piece of advice that I have for, for you and the Learn this from various sources and books. You know, nature has a restorative power to it. Um, 
I look out upon our yard, I've seen a young mango tree that has blooms. And sometime in August, there will be really large uh, mangoes on that tree and weight the tree down. Uh, nature has a way of keeping going and um, the restorative power of a walk. Um, see the stability of nature. Uh, David draws on nature uh, and he illustrates, so what does it mean that God is my shepherd? Well, in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me besides quiet waters. So the entire psalm unfolds this, the care of God. How does God um, demonstrate that he doesn't abandon us? And how does God, how does David prove that, that there is no lack of, of God supplying what David needs? So the rest of the psalm is all about proving that David doesn't want um, anything. Uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And it's God, God is the actor. God is the one behind the goodness he makes, he leads, he's the cause. The green pastures sort of speak uh, of clearly enough by themselves. David mentions quiet waters. The, the Jews um, never liked the idea of the sea and the ocean. Uh, the ocean was a place of, of monsters, of terrifying, unpredictable events. And the only good waters were quiet waters. And then he says in verse 3, this refreshes and restores David's soul. And again, God is doing more than just those two images of lying in a pasture and uh, sitting by quiet waters. But God is restoring the soul. And the soul is uh, takes center in verse 3. We don't have a, in the Bible, we don't have a generic sentiment of just sort of nice ideas about God taking sort of general care of his people. David uh, gives illustrations throughout the psalm, but we, uh, we who have the New Testament, we who have the life of Christ, his death, his resurrection, we now see ultimately God's care. When we think about restoring the soul, it's God who is the actor throughout Scripture, throughout the story of Scripture. And maybe even now, today, you are looking um, at your own piety uh, and you're sort of doing a deal with God. You know, Lord, I'll, I'll start praying. I'll start reading my Bible. I'll, I'll be good. Uh, and that your piety is somehow kind of a protective karma. And then you'll be protected from the virus and uh, sort of, sort of. That's kind of our instinct, isn't it? That we look to our our righteousness first, and um, uh, you know, uh, our, my recent trip to Bangladesh uh, it was a, dr a driver <clears throat> as part of our tour. It was an Islamic man, and he was going on and on about how Muslims don't eat bats, therefore they will be protected from this virus, and, and my, we just didn't know how and his English and our lack of Bengali, to try to explain to him that diet alone is not going to protect anyone from this. But we sort of think this way, don't we? We have this, we have karma, we have a karma deal. Uh, 
we in Christ, as Christians, we can look away from Christ when we are, are wanting God's care. And ultimately, of course, God's protection and care really uh, find their fulfillment, or the Psalm 23, the themes of protection and care find their fulfillment in Jesus. Hebrews 10 highlights this. When Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, Hebrews 10, 12. A single sacrifice. He offered it and he sat down at the right hand of God. The care of God for his people had been established. That's Hebrews 10, 12. And then verse 13. And now waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Verse 14. It was, why is Jesus satisfied with what he did? For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So we, we may instinctively want to look at our piety and say, ah, this, this Lord, look, look, I'm, I'm now praying. Lord, look, now I'm reading your scriptures. Lord, now look, I'm looking up in faith. Look in this time of anxiousness. Look to David's sh- shepherd, who is ultimately Christ, who has offered a single sacrifice through the body of Jesus for you. Sitting down, beginning his intercession as high priest. And you, may you enter into the fullness of God's care and say with an even deeper, even more deeply than David, because of Christ I shall not want. Look to Christ, his single offering, and may that restore your soul in this anxious time. The book of Hebrews concludes with a benediction for God's people. Hear this benediction that highlights the shepherd. Hebrews 13.20 Now may the God of peace, who brought up again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Many reasons to not want. May God richly bless you. Uh, Keep in touch. It's been good to reflect on these important truths.